remembering. It's a lot of what we're looking at today even. Worship in remembering. That's what the name of the sermon title is today. Did you know you can worship by that? Just by thinking back and reflecting on all that God has done in an event or across a period of time can be worshipful as you celebrate your God who has it in hand. So that's what we're going to look at today. Turn with me to Psalm 105. Psalm 105 verses 1 through 6. We got ushers coming forward. They got Bibles in their hands. So if you need a Bible, just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. All right. Just keep your hand up. They'll get one to you. What are the steps to worshiping by remembering? First step, give thanks to God, sing to him. Give thanks to God, sing to him. All right, this comes right out of Psalm 105, verse 1 and 2 here. He says, oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. He starts out, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Oh, give thanks. And just so you know, this is in the command form. It's an imperative. Do this. It's said to all the people. There's like a you all. It's a plural you. Like, oh, you all give thanks. If you're going to say it Southern style, it's y'all need to give thanks. Right? And that's what he's saying. It's like this big plural you get invested time to give it up for our God. That's what he's saying. Give thanks to the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That's the personal name of God. Remember, every time you see that all capped in your Bible, in the Old Testament there, that's a sign that they were using the personal name of God, Yahweh. That's what's being used. So, oh, give thanks to Yahweh, the one who is eternal. From eternity past to eternity future, he does not depend on anyone else for his existence. In fact, it's the other way around. All of creation depends on him. And uh, give thanks to that God, to the Lord. It says, call upon his name. Now, there's two times where the word name is popped up here. And so we're going to spend a little more time on it the second time it comes around. But just so you know, this basically means to count on his character. All right. Call out on his name. Like, this is what he's about. When we see the name of God, we know that's talking to the character of God. Call on his name. Count on him and who he is. We have a God who can be trusted. We have a God who can be depended upon. In this broken world, with all of its hurts and pains, with the disappointments and heartaches that can catch us off guard, know this. Your God can be counted on. Now, you might be like, I don't think so. Uh, This just happened to me, and I don't think it should have. And trust your God to be doing something you can't even begin to understand and depend on him. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. It says, make known his deeds among the peoples. Make known his deeds among the peoples. It's in the plural here, in the peoples, right? How often have you used that phrase? How many were in the room? There were 19 peoples. We don't talk that way, right? But what does that mean? He's trying to reflect on the plurality of these people. He's saying multiple nations of people. It's not just one group. It's many groups. There are peoples, man, all over this world. And they need to be told of the mighty deeds of God Almighty. He's doing a work in your life. 
What is it? And he's just asking us to cry out, this is who my God is. This is what he's accomplishing in my life. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Have you ever noticed that we do a lot of singing around here? Right? Why, why is that? Why do we sing? What's up with that? And that, well, singing is a great expression of where we're at. It's a, a chance for us to tie together words with emotions and package it up and share it out. It's a great way for us to celebrate. Um, singing is nice. In fact, singing is commanded. And uh, Psalm 105 is being lifted up as we do what we're supposed to do here, singing worship songs. But it's more than that. Just so you know, it's way more than that. In fact, uh, Zephaniah 3.17, this is a verse we go over uh, a little bit in peak performance as Larry talks through there on worship. And peak performance, you heard Mike talk about it, got it coming up on August 10th. And if you haven't been through peak with us, jump in. Sign up online or at the back. We would love to have you join us as you hear a little more about what's going on here at Harvest and what God's doing. But Zephaniah 3.17, one of those verses uh, that we walk through. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. That's your God. Rejoicing over you with loud singing. He like at some point stops He's spreading out his arms and he's launching into a monstrous song that is not a whisper. He is booming it forth as he sings about his love for you. And that's your God. And uh, when you think about music, I mean, I got to tell you, you guys do a great job worshiping here. You guys sound good. Uh, now imagine, let's take it up a notch. Heaven bound. And the angels chanting forth as they cry out. And those believers who are at home in heaven and they're crying out with worship. Sinless, perfect now, glorified. And they're launching into a perfect worship of our God. Can you imagine what that sounds like? Heaven and worship right now coming unglued. Now one step bigger. Imagine God himself unleashing song. Across the universe. And that's our God. He sings of his love for you. He sings of his passion for what he's doing here. He sings of all that's going on. That's your God for you. This verse says, kick it back to him. Sing praise to him. Thank him. Song to him in huge measure. The worship in this place often comes unglued as the Holy Spirit works in hearts right during the middle of a song. Have you been there? When we're singing a song and all of a sudden you're breaking into tears as you think through what it means and what God's doing. And that's not by accident. Larry's spending a lot of time walking through the songs. Just so you know, there's about 95% of the music out there that we set aside and we're like, not going to bring it into the church here. It doesn't cover enough with detail and accuracy of who our God is. It makes too much of man or it talks too much of a simple life relationship kind of thing. Instead of lifting him up, Larry's looking for very specific songs that have to do with our walk with him and our relationship with him and our confession to him and finally our massive worship of our God. And uh, very unique sets of songs that we put in place here that we might sing to him. 
sing praises to him. And uh, what an option we have to be able to launch the name of our God forward, it says, to tell of all his wondrous works. To tell of all his wondrous works. God doing a huge work in your life, what is it? Being able to think of those things as you thank him, as you're singing praise and thank you back to him, giving thanks. And, uh, you know, all too often we get caught up when we need to be giving thanks and thinking back. Instead, we're looking at the problems of the present or the future. We become an expert of those, don't we? And we're like, man, if this could just be different and, and I wish they wouldn't have and how come they're so and what's up with and if it would just be this way, then... Like somehow our happiness would be managed better if all the problems of the world would just be changed, right? And uh, that's a big miss, just so you know. Instead, we need to be walking through with our God and whatever he walks us through, we simply say this, my eyes will be fixed on you. Lord, I want to give thanks to you in the midst of the struggle, thanks to you in the midst of the problem. Sometimes he walks us right through the valley of the shadow of death. And those are our moments to fix our eyes on him. And lock our eyes on what he's doing. I look back just to the past year and a half, two years, and some of what we've been through and all that God's done in our lives that we have to give thanks for. And, and uh, man, a year ago, I was in surgery, right? I had a brain surgery, a tumor removed. Some of you may not know that if you just started coming in the last six months or a year, but uh, ended up having surgery and had to have a tumor removed and uh, got most of that out, got it away from the pituitary and hormones have started recovering and uh, tumor's still there, still growing a little bit. We'll be addressing that this next year, probably another surgery of sorts, but uh, we're all good. Like God's got the pituitary protected, hormones are up. I've had the highest energy I've had in probably five years and I've uh, been in the best shape of my life, maybe. I look over at my wife. She's like, yeah, your life. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot to be able to go through things and keep your eyes fixed on him. I understand what you're saying when you're going through the struggles. Please keep your eyes fixed on your God. He's doing a work. Remember back what he's done so that as you begin to face tomorrow, you're like, totally got it. I remember what God did before and I'm trusting in that God. As we remember back, It gives us strength and energy for today and tomorrow. It says, give thanks for his wondrous works, remembering all that he's done. And, you know, uh, I'm just going to ask for uh, Richard and Mitch and Sarah to come up as well here. You know, we've been looking for uh, staff for quite a while. And you guys may not know this, but the body's been growing in depth, but yes, in breadth as well. And so we were looking for staff. We started looking for a biblical counseling guy about nine months ago. And I've uh, been looking long and hard and praying for that. And, and uh, God has provided as Richard and Melissa have come. And, and uh, also been looking for a youth pastor since January. And I uh, got that settled right about the same time. God's like, July's your time. So we're good with that. And uh, good to have Mitch and Sarah here too. Let me ask you to come this way a little bit, Richard. And uh, just share a little bit with us, just so we hear a little bit of your background and your heart for ministry. Richard's our biblical counseling guy. And uh, glad to have you on board, man. Thanks. Um, I grew up in a, a Christian home, or at least a religious home. Um, uh, I learned how to go through the motions really early. And so on the outside, uh, I was pretty good at playing the game. But on the inside, my heart was still rancid as ever. And when nobody was looking, my actions were uh, abominable. <clears throat> I was 27 before the Lord broke me, and that was probably... Definitely the most painful time in my life. 
But in the midst of that brokenness, he also began to heal me. And as I began to heal, I began to look around and see people that were broken and hurting as well and in desperate need of the same healing that I had found. And I began to feel the Lord calling me to present that healing, to show them that healing. And so, long story short, I uh, wound up going to seminary. I just graduated in 2010 with a biblical counseling degree. And I've been counseling ever since. Um, Good deal. Appreciate it. And your wife's name? Melissa. Melissa. Tell us a prayer request or two for you guys. Yeah. Um, well, she actually has a job interview on Thursday. Sweet. <laughs> so that's keep that in mind. I just found out with you guys. So yeah. good deal. Yeah. So that's that. a big prayer. And then also our house. Uh, yeah. Then it sells. I came over from Baltimore. And um, so we we're, we're still have a house back there. So Good deal. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Mitch. Yeah. Greetings, Harvest. This is my wife, Sarah. I'm Mitch Tucker. And I actually, I just grew up uh, just in Groveland, just a few miles uh, down the road. Uh, I graduated from Morton High School in 1999, went to ICC like a lot of people do for a couple years. And then in 2001, I uh, moved up to, to downtown Chicago, went to Moody Bible Institute. I was a youth ministry major there. That's where I met my, my beautiful wife, Sarah. We got married in 2004. And uh, we, we actually moved to Bloomington for a little while. I was working at, at State Farm. And then in 2005, uh, we felt a, a calling to go to the other side of the Mississippi River. And I've been a youth pastor there in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, for a little bit over nine years now. And uh, a few months ago, Sarah and I, in, in, in our prayers with, uh, with each other, um, it's been a long time really searching and and. And, uh, and talking to a lot of people that, that we trust, that the Lord has put in in our lives, and uh, listen, listening to their wise counsel, and we all, we really felt that real strong calling and a desire to uh, to jump back across the Mississippi River, and it's it's a rare thing uh, to to be called back uh, to the to the place where you grew up, and so we are both just absolutely thrilled and humbled. Uh, to, to be here, it gives us no greater joy than to, uh, to see the Holy Spirit work in the lives of high schoolers and to, to see where they're at in life and the peer pressure and the, the, the struggles that, uh, that, are, that are surrounding them and see the truth and the power of the Word of God penetrate their lives and their circumstances. And it, it is an honor and a blessing to, uh, to be here and to be a part of that, and uh, um, yeah, just just thrilled to uh, to be part of it and assist your high schoolers and the high schoolers that are in here uh, to become fully devoted and, and fully equipped uh, disciples of Jesus Christ. And I'll let my wife talk a little bit more uh, about our family as well. I'm Sarah, and you did good, honey. Um, <laughs> we uh, I said this at the first service too. We had these conversations, as you'll see. Mitch and I are very emotional people, and so. In the car ride, he was telling me, you can't cry, don't cry, don't do it. And so I'm sitting here next to him going, rally, rally. So anyway, yeah, he did good, honey. Um, We have four boys and a boy dog, so I am way outnumbered in my house. Um, We have a six-year-old, Mason, a five-year-old, Levi, three-year-old, Gabe, 
And then our youngest one is five months, which he left a present on me over here. So if you come up to me, I apologize about the smell because it's bad. Um, <laughs> anyway, and we... Uh, would just ask for prayer for the transition of our boys. Um, they're so excited to be here, and we are so thankful to be here. Um, and we, as well, have a house in Iowa that um, still needs to sell. And so um, we would just appreciate prayer for that. Amen. Amen. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Amen. Man, God at work in this place, and I'm telling you, uh, over the last six months, nine months, as we've been looking and watching and shopping and hoping and praying, and don't ever try to get ahead of God. Just be patient. God's got the answer in the midst. Let him resolve the problem as he sees fit. And uh, we've got two great guys, two great families that are uh, a sweet fit for this body and this community. So be praying for them. Be praying for houses to sell from where they came from and then being able to settle into places here and uh, for a job for Melissa. That would be great. If that goes well this week, that'd be awesome. And just be praying for that as well. All right. Our God does work and our God has his hand on things. Amen. Simple question. What's God doing in your life in the last weeks, months, or even years? Works that you could speak of, remember, and celebrate to give thanks for. What's God doing? Make sure you've got that marked down. Get ready to give him thanks, all right? Number two says, seek the Lord and his presence continually. Seek the Lord and his presence continually. We start out in verse three here. He says, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Glory in his holy name. Right? Here's a word that's used as a noun, glory. But then also as a verb. This one's as a verb. It says, glory in his name. What does that word mean? Glory in his holy name. How do I glory? And just so you know, to get a definition for you, I'll just tell you what the Hebrew is, all right? The Hebrew word is hallelujah. You hear it? Hallelujah in his holy name. Like, take a massive worship posture and position, right? Have you heard the word hallelujah, right? That means to glory in Yahweh, okay? Hallelujah. And celebrate your God. And this one specifically says hallelujah. In his holy name. And again, here's that word name popping up again, right? And so as we said, name reflects on the character. In the Hebrew, they're talking about the character being so trustworthy. And they place names around him. And count on the character of your God. Celebrate the character of your God. Worship the character of your God. Know that in the midst of whatever you're going through, your God can be trusted and uh, in his holy name. I just wrote a few character statements down about him. Uh, he knows all. There isn't one thing where God goes, I never knew that. God's never caught off guard, right? He knows all. He can do all. He is everywhere at one time. He is timeless and eternal. There is no beginning. There is no end. God absolutely 100% always in existence. He doesn't depend on anyone or anything in that regard. He is righteous and pure. Never, ever, ever, ever 
makes a mistake. Did you know that? Now think about in your life and the things you're going through. How many times do we come to the conclusion? I'm not sure God was right on that one. Never makes the wrong call. He's righteous and pure. He knows exactly what he's doing. He is mercy and love. He is peace and joy. That's your God. All peace, all joy, all knowledge, all mercy, all love, pouring it out. Every good and perfect gift coming down from him and lavishing upon us. That's our God. Glory in that God. Celebrate him with all you've got. It says right after it, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. The hearts of those who seek, that means saved. Right? The hearts of those who seek. It's the ones who are saved. Let them rejoice. Let them lift it up with laughter and celebration. There's no better explanation of Philippians chapter 4 when it says, think on these things, right? Think of whatever is true and noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent of praise. Think on those things. Why? Because that's who your God is. Every time he expresses into this world, he's expressing with that list of character traits. You look for God at work. And the more we focus on and think about those things, Philippians 4, 8, putting our things on, our mind on, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, worthy of praise. Well, those are moments that we're stopping and remembering our God. And every moment that we're like, Can't believe so-and-so was such a ding-dong. What were they thinking about when they, and I should be, and we should, and how come not, and, right? We become experts of the problem rather than experts of the problem solver. And we put it all in God's hands and lean on him. It says, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Seek his presence continually. Like on and on nonstop. You're like, well, how do I do that? I mean, when I'm at work and I'm in a meeting or I'm managing something that I have to take care of and it's crisis. I mean, in that moment, I have to focus on that. And so how do I seek continually? And and um, so just so you know, two things. First, if we're asking that question, we're actually bucking back a little bit. Just so you know. Oh, sure. Seek continually. Well, that's not possible. Right. My view to that is that's ridiculous. Really? So scripture is calling us to do something that's not possible, or maybe it is possible and we're misunderstanding, right? So let's be careful on that. It says, seek continually. Uh, second part of it, well, how do I do it? How do I go after it? So I just put these down. Uh, definition for seek. The definition for seek. Obviously, the easy one is to look for, right? Uh, we know that where is hide and seek, right? And uh, just so you know, God is not hiding and we have to try to go find him. Okay. I had somebody say that to me between services. So we have to hunt them down. And is it, it's not hide and seek like God's hiding. In fact, we're the ones that went and hid and then we can't find them. <laughs> Let that settle for a moment. That's exactly what we do. Right? So it says seek after him. Right? So look for him, long for him, worship him. Here's a word, prioritize him. In the moment, wherever you're at, make sure he's number one. 
And God, I'm talking to my boss right now and he's got something to say to me and he's asking me to do some things at the workplace. And because you're in charge, Romans 13, and you place all authority in their positions of authority, you're in charge. So I listen to you by listening to him. I will now listen to my boss and walk through it with him. He has control of this moment. I'm honoring you. I just prioritized God as I begin to walk through it, right? So prioritize, make sure God's be given the, the, uh, preeminence there. And then I put this three steps to being able to do it continually. You ready? You've heard these words before, but they're good to write down. Here we go. First one, encounter, encounter, like look for him and find him. He's right in front of you. God is everywhere present. And so as we open our eyes to him, as we look within the scriptures daily, as we look within our experiences for God's hand at work, look for him to move. Encounter the almighty God. I'm telling you this. He is ready to rock your world. Get ready. As you open up your Bible, it's not all right. I'm looking to find out who the third king in the tribe of Judah was after the, please, you're not trying to pass the Bible quiz, all right? It's great if you know those things, but here's what's way more important. I'm looking for the God moving in this word. I'm looking for the God who is over this whole thing. And Lord, show me you today. Teach me what you'd have me to know. May I learn more of you right now. Lord, may I encounter you. What do I need to know of your character in this moment? Encounter your God in the word. Encounter your God throughout your daily experience. That's the first step. Second step, exalt. Like that's who you are? Worship him for who you found him to be. Celebrate your God. Lift his name up. Thank you for being this, God. As I find you in scripture, as I see you in my life, I thank you. I worship you. I'm in awe of you. I give my praise to you. And the second part of exalting is, and Lord, I'm on my knees before you. What in me is not right with you, given that character? You are a God of all mercy. What needs to go in my life that I might reflect that more? Please forgive me. Confession. Encounter. Exalt. As we thank him and worship him. As we confess before him and get in rebellion. And then third. Engage. Like Lord what do you need done in this world? Where are you sending me off to that I might make much of you as I go? Engage in this world for him. Are you hearing how it's all worship? Encounter. Exalt and engage throughout your whole day. Be seeking for the Lord continually in the center of it. You will be stunned at what God does. Remember this, the hand of God always bringing what's good, what's true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and worthy of praise. Look for it. Think on those things. Make much of your God. Worship him. Encounter, exalt, and engage. Great way to seek him continually. You know, there was a a shepherd, it was late 1800s, true story, shepherd being interviewed um, by a doctor there, just writing some details down. And he said, so tell me a little bit about shepherding and what you're going through here. It was in Scotland. 
And uh, so the shepherd begins to share about how sheep drift off, right? They see the grass and they get distracted away from the one who's in charge and where the flock is. And they begin to wander and just eat all this awesome grass where they're wandering. And they're loving nibbling on it. And they're getting attracted to more and more over here. And in Scotland, there's a bunch of cliffs and rocks all over the place, right? So these sheep get to the edge of it and they look down. And below, they see this area that no animal has gone before. Some of the most awesome grass ever. And so they, they'll take a leap, 8, 10, 12 feet down. They'll jump down to that. And they'll begin to eat on this grass that has never been touched by an animal before. And they're just milling and chewing. And they're completely satisfied with it. And uh, yeah, just so you know, the, the shepherd doesn't know they're there. And guess how long they stay there chewing on that grass? Until it's gone. Right? It could be days. He said, literally, it could be up to three or four days where they're just hanging out on this rock precipice, eating the grass, milling around by themselves, just enjoying, right? All of a sudden, they end up running out of grass, and then they cry out, right? The lambs bleat, and uh, I'm not even about to make that noise for you. I have no idea what that really sounds like. So the lambs bleat, right? And they're calling out, hey, I need help. And uh, so guess what the shepherd does? Nothing. Just wait. He said, if you go over right now, they're full of energy. They've eaten. They're just complaining that there's no more to eat. And if you go over to them too fast and try to jump down and help them, they will jump away from you and go plunging off the edge of the rocks and kill themselves. So you wait. They tire themselves out. They cry and they bleat and they ask and they look and they hunt and they finally give it up. And he said, you can tell, you can hear a difference in their crying. They're weaker. And that's the point when you go over and you drop a rope down and you come down, you help bring them up, put them on your shoulder, carry them with you and feed them back to nurtured strength, set them down and they'll never leave your side. Shepherding in Scotland. If you ever need that for a tip, there you go. How much is that like us in our lives? We wander off. We're like, oh, that looks awesome over here. And we even may see a precipice where we jump down and get into it and we start feeding there. And you know what? We don't even care to complain about it. It's working out pretty well right now. And we just keep feeding there. And we're all by ourselves and heading a bad direction. But we're satisfied for the moment, so we stay. And uh, just so you know, your God is allowing you to come to the end of that moment and crying out weakly for him to say, I'm done with this self-trip. May it be all about you, Lord. And he scoops you up and brings you back in and feeds you close and warm. That's your God. Simple question. Are you drifting away from him right now? Just getting distracted by the things around you and moving away? Are you drifting? Maybe it's work, money, title. Maybe it's just having fun in this world in quotes and you're willing to break any rule to get there. You're beginning to drift. Worse yet, maybe you've taken a plunge off the side to a precipice below and you've gotten yourself stuck and there's no getting out, but you're satisfied for the moment because it's feeding and working. So that's what's going on. Are you down in a precipice stuck? Man, it's time to seek the Lord continually. Call out to him. Long for him. Long for this trip away from him to be done and get back to your God. All of God's people said, that's what it looks like to worship him. Seek for him with all you've got. All right. Third, remember, 
Remember all his wondrous works. Remember all his wondrous works. And uh, it says here, remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, the servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. That's our job regularly, faithfully to think back to the things that God has done in your life and be a student of it. Be thankful for it. Be able to say, Lord, I know you were there when, and I appreciate that. I'm in awe when you and fill in the blank. And uh, Can you do that? Like think in your life right now. God, thank you for. Is it easy to remember or do you have a distraction coming on? Where you can't remember. You're like, I can't even think about it. I, all I can think of are things that God is actually, well, I didn't even know if he was there and it was me doing it. And maybe it's time for you to set aside the me and hear from your God. Because I'm telling you, he's present in your life and he's making an impact. What are the works he's doing? Uh, the rest of this Psalm goes on to give a list. And uh, I'm just going to read through that list real quickly here. Verses 7 through 11, things done, miracles done. Verses 7 through 11, he honors his covenants, God does. Verses 12 through 15, uh, he provided for Israel when they were small and wandering. Uh, Verses 16 to 22, he protected Israel by placing Joseph in Egypt during a time of famine. Verses 23 and 24, Israel became a huge nation under Egypt. When they were in Egypt as slaves, they were getting massive in size. And uh, verses 25 to 36, they were saved from Egypt using Moses and Aaron and the 10 plagues. God doing a huge work of salvation. And uh, verse 37, he brought them out of Egypt with silver and gold, it says. Get this, they were slaves and they left rich. How is that? Well, God working the plagues got to such a level that they're like, take anything, just get out of here, right? And they're sending them out with silver and gold and a massive nation, well cared for and on their way saved by God. And uh, it says, he led them with a cloud by day and fire by night, verses 38 and 39. He provided quail and manna and water for their daily sustenance, verses 40 to 42. He brought them out with singing, 43 to 45. That's your God. And that's your God at work with Israel. What about your God at work in your life? What's he been doing in your world? Think about it and get one or two or three. All right. Now let me talk through these. If you've trusted Christ as your savior, here's some things he's done for you. Philippians chapter 2. Christ humbled himself and became a man. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. While we were sinners, rebelling against him, he died on the cross for our sins. 1 Peter 1. He rose, conquering death and giving hope. Ephesians 2. He saves us by grace through faith. Romans 6. He empowers us to have victory over sin. 
This thing isn't just about eternity in heaven. It's about here and now and victory over sin can be had. Second Corinthians three sixteen through 18. He transforms us by the glory of the Holy Spirit. He literally begins to move us along a path where we begin to look more like Christ, his work in our lives. And uh, Revelation nineteen sixteen. he is our king of kings. He is our Lord of lords. And he has promised he is coming again. That's our God. That's some of what he's done for us. When it comes to salvation, that's just a pinch of what he is for us. That's our king. We look at worshiping by remembering. May we remember the works that he's done on the cross and in resurrection that will last for all of eternity. And we just thought we'd take a little bit of time here to uh, remember through communion. All right. So I'm going to ask those that are helping serve to go ahead and get in place. And let's take a little time to do some remembering and some worshiping. So those that are helping serve, go ahead and get in place. What is communion? Well, here's the deal. Communion. It's uh, an opportunity for us to say thank you. All right. It's a privilege for us to make much of him. Uh, It is not about getting saved. Everybody say it's not to get saved. It's that we already are saved and we're thanking him for his work on the cross. We trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and we're amazed and in awe of him. All right. That's what communion is all about. So as we go to this time here, if you've trusted Christ as your Savior, this is for you. All right. And so as we pass the bread in the cup, please take that. Remember, there's uh, two cups, so take the two stack. It's got bread underneath, and, and it's got the liquid on top, all right? So take that. You might be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know this trust in Christ, or I haven't done that. And uh, then do me a favor. As this comes by, just go ahead and pass it. That's fine. Pass it on by, and just take this moment to make a time of praying to your God. He is your God. Maybe he's pressing in on you right now. He created you. Maybe he's calling you to him right now. Just take this moment to make much of him in that way. As you reflect on his work on the cross, thank him for his death and resurrection. And just let that bread and cup pass by then. Again, if you have trusted Christ, then go ahead and take the bread and the cup as it's coming by. Make sure you grab the two stack as it's coming by. And we're going to take a little bit of time of prayer as we worship in remembering him. All right? Let's just open a prayer here. Father God, Lord, we worship you. We glory in your holy name. You are awesome for all that you've done for us. Lord, I just pray now in this place, May we be able to see you, hear you, encounter you, set aside the distractions and celebrate you. Just take time to thank your God for who he is right now as the bread and the cup begin to be passed. that God is in your life because of the cross all that he is in your life as he participates daily in what's going on 
thank him. on who God is in our lives it oftentimes becomes very clear some things we need to let go of what needs to be confessed even right now to him just take these moments now to say I'm sorry Lord please forgive me maybe it's an attitude maybe it's an action in the home the way you've treated one of your children or your spouse maybe it's an attitude at work Lord, please forgive me. Something that needs to be done right now. Just lay it before him. Confess. confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise his name. Let's just turn it back around to thanksgiving. Lord, you are redeemer. You are savior. You are almighty king. You are our hope. You are our holy God who knows everything. You are present everywhere. You can do anything. Lord, you have it all in hand. You are the God who is true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable, excellent and worthy of praise. Lord, we lift your name up. You are so worth knowing and coming to. We praise your name. Just continue to praise him where you're at quietly. What's he impressing upon you about who he is? Thank him and worship him for who he's been in your life. pressing in hard right now on somebody let's just take a moment to get that right search me oh God and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting what needs to go maybe it's something severe in your home right now that needs to change today relationship with a spouse even an affair that needs to stop done now Lord please forgive me cry out to him confess Father God thank you for your work on the cross your provision through Jesus Christ your hope that you provide to us we have nothing without you we have everything with you we're in awe 
Lord, we remember your works. We remember your cross, your love, your mercy. Lord, we remember all that you do in our lives daily. And we thank you and praise you. We're humbled and in awe. It's in your mighty name that I pray these things. And all of God's people said, Amen. Jesus was standing with the disciples. And he took the bread and he broke it. And he shared with them a plan they had no clue of. As he said, this, this is my body broken for you. They had no clue of the nails that would pierce, of the pain he would feel. As he lifted up and said, I love you. Me for you. Take and eat. then he took the drink and he said this is my blood poured out for you there is no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood we have nothing without our savior Jesus Christ and his work on the cross we have everything because of his work remember him take told in scripture do this in remembrance of me that's worship as we take time to remember his works his handiwork day by day his handiwork as he opens up his word to you maybe for the first time in an area and you're shocked by its meaning by its simplicity by its impact to you As you remember your God's work on the cross at Calvary, salvation so rich and free. We have a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And he is so worth worshiping. Man, may we worship as we remember his mighty works. Let me just close in prayer here. Father God, we worship you. We celebrate you. Lord, we are in awe of you. We just ask now. That this body could worship you in remembrance. Teach us, Lord, to think back, to keep long lists of your work in our lives and short lists of the pain that we see ahead. Lord, may our fears be small and may our hope and our joy in you be massive. We remember you at work, Lord. We worship you at work. We thank you for all that you do in our lives especially at the cross. Your work on the rugged cross and our hope in you. Salvation so rich and free as we have faith and leave the rest to you. You're an awesome God and we love you. It's in your mighty name I pray these things and all of God's people said.